0: Like me, I'm just a front desk. So I just kind of sit here, say my hey's, how are you? You know, but most of the time I'm kind of just like this.
1: You use that while you work?
0: Yep, I don't work for you. With some people I just want to punch them in the face sometimes. This is our peanut butter and chocolate. Now, we're not supposed to put more than what it says on the menu.
1: And it says on the menu, one
0: pumps. I always put two and a half. Tastes better,
1: honestly. Are we doing it uh, the way it says? No, you're gonna
0: with do it the pom- way I told you.
1: I want these one, the very slim. So very slim, sure. And this goes in the 16 ounce cup, I assume it just happens to say that. No, you
0: just do it full cup.
1: You do
2: it in the full cup?
0: You don't have to go by the book with every situation in your life.
2: <laughs> wow, she's uh, a delight, huh? You remember her from when we began this series and started talking about um, what uh, Christ is saying to you, seven. Uh, really, as we've looked at this, we've seen that Jesus was practicing undercover boss kinds of things with these seven churches. Uh, He knew what was going on. He was watching it. And uh, if we look at those seven churches, here's a map we've seen a lot of times, only two didn't get negativity, didn't need to step up their game. And so in all of this, uh, it's quite concerning to think about who and what is going on, and what would happen in our own lives if Christ was undercover boss where you live, work, and play, where you go to church. What he hears in your conversations, uh, you know, in the car, after church, before church, around the table, uh, looks at the way you're functioning, the way you're living out your faith faith would that be a positive thing or would that be a negative thing as he went undercover in your lives and again when we start to look at this first of all we really feel the weight of it and the negativity of it but it really that is not the intent when you and I think about Christ being undercover in our life it's because he wants the best in our life he wants the best in our churches. Uh, we see earlier on the seven candlesticks represent each church, and the mailbox here represents these letters that Jesus uh, basically dictated to John in his 90s as he's a, uh, a captive, a prisoner on the island of Patmos. So he goes undercover, and he looks at each church, and he gives uh, comments and gives uh, just thoughts, and uh, we're left with those letters. So, Here we are with the undercover boss, and we're going to just kind of unpack this as we wrap up our series today, and I'm going to give you some more examples of uh, undercover. And as you watch these people dialoguing with the person who's like the CEO, the boss, and uh, you hear the comments, you hear where they're following protocols, where they're presenting the, the image of the company, be thinking about you as a Christ follower, if you are a Christ follower, how does that play out in your own life? And then as a group of Christ followers called a church, how does that play out in our lives? Where are all my standards?
3: Where are all the policies
2: we put in place? They
3: have no idea. We're going to put some different merchandise on there. So you're going to be picking out an outfit. Want me to pick out an outfit? Yes, I want you to pick out an outfit. Okay. <laughs> well, just give me some guidance as to what exactly I, I'm That's
2: picking out. That's where your
3: fashion sense comes in at. So you have to figure that out. They don't give you, like, a class or a training manual no, or something? No, not at all. <laughs> he just dive right in. All right. I have specific store standards that are written in a manual of exactly how to display merchandise. I spent a ton of money to put it together, so we had a clear direction. Sure, I didn't even know about the manual. That's just ludicrous. We're in the self-service business. Stack them high, let them fly, let the customers choose what they want. So what you want to do is... We're not in the boutique business. I'm not displaying merchandise. The way she was displaying merchandise, a total colossal waste of time. So, Sean, how did you learn all this? I mean, well, did go too well, or? I mean, they basically just so threw me no on training, the register. No training, no manual, no studying for this job. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, I'm shocked and disappointed. Disappointed mostly in myself for allowing this to happen. Is there a restroom back there? Uh, yeah, we do have a restroom. This totally stems from the top down. Where's my district manager who's been with the company for years? Hello. Howard.
0: Yes, sir? Are you
3: aware of where I am right now? No. I'm undercover in the Murrow, Georgia store. I mean, we got some serious, serious issues. Okay. Problem number one, no merchandise manual. Where is my merchandise manual? Where Not is my... Based on what you seen, I can tell you. It looks like it looks like there was no store visits, yes, there was no DM checklist. Right. It, where are all my standards? Where are all the policies we put in place? Right. I built a whole intranet, I built a whole portal, and they don't even right. they have a clue. They have no idea.
2: That poor guy's head is about to explode, isn't it? They're not following anything. And if Jesus was you with you and me, if he was walking with us and watching how we operate our lives... As individuals, and as as uh, a church family, what what would he say? Would he say, "Wow, they're not—they don't even know the manual exists. They're never even seen it. What are they doing with it?" So Jesus goes for his last undercover boss run to the church of Laodicea. So we're going to be looking at Revelation chapter three, verses fourteen uh, and on, and he writes, "Write the following to the messenger of the congregation in Laodicea." For, they, for these are the words of the amen, the faithful and the true, the witness and the ruler of God's creation. Now, as we start to unpack this, the idea, and all along we've seen this idea of angel or messenger, and really this is the messenger of the church. This is probably the pastor, the, the lead elder at these churches, and these are letters are passed on to from John to them, and they're supposed to share them, Uh, with the local church and then it's supposed to be shared beyond that local church Uh, so people hear what jesus is uh, diagnosing the health of these churches and we all need to remember that this church is jesus's church it's not my church it's not your leadership team's church it's not the person that's been here for all almost 50 years of the existence of this church it is jesus's church And so when we come to thinking about our stewardship, how we lead, how we work in it, he is the boss. He's the undercover boss, really, at everything we do. And sometimes we take a great encouragement to know that he's with us, whatever we do. And then on the other hand, I go, ooh, he's with me, whatever I do, whatever I think. Even when I can stay self-contained in my head and maybe not say the wrong thing or express the wrong attitude, He still knows what's going on there. And again, it's not to to pick on us, not to put us down, but it's so that you and I can experience our best life possible in the here and now as we look to that day when we'll be with him throughout eternity. And he wants us to to grow and learn these things. It's interesting, uh, the church uh, Laodicea, the word Laodicea has this idea of, of the people by the people it was like a self-governing city for the most part and these people liked that fact they liked that they were in control they liked that they made the decisions but that also backfired because that was expressed in the way they expressed their faith the way uh they did church they they weren't they weren't up or weren't at a place where they were really uh and we're going to see this engaged with following jesus and that's the reason he gives this Uh, This is the amen. This is the final word. This is the so be it. I am the one, Alpha Omega. I am the one here, and you by the people need to step back, and yes, it's great to have freedom. Yes, it's great to be able to voice your thoughts, but, but I am the final word. I am the amen. Anytime you and I end our prayers with amen, we're saying so be it in Jesus' name. So be it in Jesus' name, and Sometimes even myself, I, I forget that. It's just like a tag on. In Jesus' name, amen. You just That's what you do. But it actually means something. We're asking God, Jesus, to show up and do something because he has the final word. Uh, watch how, again, as Jesus uh, is uh, you know, undercover boss, watch how this undercover boss um, can, engages with some more employees at this store. I'm
0: Carol. Oh,
3: pleasure to meet you. I'm Alex. Hi, Alex. I'm super excited to work.
0: Awesome. Everybody here calls me Miss Carol. Okay. Let me give you your smock. My job is to take care of the children's department. Now, that runs from that wall to that wall.
3: You want me to scan from that wall (laughs) (laughs) all the way to that wall?
0: It's a big, big job. So, we're going to scan 899, 899.
3: So, I have to make sure they match. I didn't even get past the first rack. And already the scanning gun was choking up, timing out. I mean, I don't know what's going on in my IT department. It's coming up. Oh. It's,
1: nope.
3: Carol, I'd like to give you a check today for $20,000 to put towards Bob's care or to put towards your retirement.
0: Are you serious?
3: me cry. Making me cry.
0: Everybody works hard. And we do it for you. And I hope you appreciate that.
2: You have no idea.
0: <laughs> it's going to change my life for the better.
2: It's interesting. Uh, all it seems like in this company, these stores, all the executives, the managers had dropped the ball. But then you have one of these workers who's giving it all day in and, and day and night. And God notices that. God knows who you are. There are unsung heroes in every church family that do things. Uh, this week, as we were celebrating Joyce uh, Williamson's life, uh, there was a moment where we talked about how there was a time where um, she and Lola and a couple other ladies would come in and do the, all the bulletin prep. And uh, no one really knew that. It just kind of happened. Everyone shows up on Sunday and the program's ready. And, oh, isn't that magic? But they, they would take care of that. So those unsung heroes and jesus does want to have us be rewarded he does want to acknowledge us being faithful us serving him and uh, that's again why he addresses this idea of faithful and true that he is faithful he is true what he says will come to pass his promises are rock solid even if you're not experiencing them now someday at least in the next chapter of life You will experience those promises realized in your life. He's faithful and true. You can bank on that. Also, I love the fact that uh, he includes that he's the ruler of creation. We've talked about this a few times. Macro over all of creation and micro involved in our lives. It's unbelievable. He's the, the, the big creator, the one who keeps everything sustained in motion and yet cares about us as individuals and uh, it's interesting the Laodicea church was kind of feeling like they were self sufficient they were extremely wealthy Uh, years earlier their city had burned to the ground there had been some earthquakes and some other things and uh, the Roman Empire came through and said we will give you the funding to rebuild your city and Laodicea said no we don't need any money from you we can do it on our own we're self-sufficient and again that. Style that culture would then bleed into their church. Some of that stuff could be positive. Some of that stuff could be negative. We need to understand that the way you and I r- walk through life, the rhythms of culture in a positive way can sometimes w- make its way into their church and sometimes in a negative way. Um, so they rebuilt the city. Also, it was an important textile center. They had a special uh, kind of sheep that had a fine black wool. And so they were this was a big deal and that would be exported everywhere so that was always on their mind um also uh they were a medical center uh they were working on things we'll see that as, as the scripture goes on uh, Thing: the roman empire came to them for uh herbs and minerals and such like that and sobs for their eyes and all of that uh, because nearby there was some hot mineral springs so um, you know Laodicea was really uh, just a, a great place to be and and they felt great about themselves and they felt too good about themselves they they felt too self-sufficient and uh, it's interesting that today the Laodicea church doesn't exist and we'll be talking about that uh, these churches that uh, Jesus addresses uh, they really don't think any sev- any of them are really existent anymore and so that has an effect on that area. Most of us uh, realize that those churches are in the area of Turkey, and Christ's witness there is very minimal, if any, existing. And it's really hard, and it's a shame to think that those lights uh, actually uh, went out. So, you know, we, we think about the undercover boss. We think about all of this uh, in this idea. And so then he's, uh, you know, the undercover boss. We kind of have a description of him, a description of the church. And then we start to get into the idea of the review. Uh, what is he What is he going to say? How is he reviewing this church? How is he trying to get the best out of the church, have this church move to a, a better place? And uh, that reminds me of this undercover episode. My name's Rachel, and I'm
0: here to see Ronnie. I'm Ronnie. Hi, Rachel. Nice to, nice to meet
1: you. Nice to meet you. So we're going to be working together today, yeah? Standard yeah. procedure is to greet the customer as they walk in, say, hello, welcome to Boston Market, you know, blah, 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 whatever. Because we have to make customers, you know, on a pedestal. This is the lobby. It does get busy, mm-hmm. but it's generally just people taking too long to eat. Okay. But, no, you love me. It's okay. <laughs> I'm like the Kim Kardashian of Los Angeles. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> so. I started off as a dishwasher, but like, I broke out in leprosy back there.
0: My first impression of Ronnie is that some of his jokes are on the inappropriate side, but. But he's, he's, he's really kind of fun, and he's funny.
1: My least favorite part is the customer always has to be right. I absolutely hate that. We have some mundane activities that we need to get done, and I hate doing them, so I'm basically going to make you do them. Oh,
0: great.
1: I am a little bit of a diva. Everyone always has something to say about me. Some children and old people are literally the worst I've ever seen in my entire life because none of them know what they want, and they are like literally can't talk, so you just kind of have to deal with it.
0: Our guests are our bread and butter. They pay our checks. They keep our, our businesses open. They pay his paycheck.
1: I literally hate customers more than being in the world. I hate them so much. They turn. It's all about them. And they demand everything.
0: I can't have someone who just told me that they hey, customers more than anything in the world, serving our guests. I mean, that's the complete antithesis of what we stand for. So, Ronnie, I wanted to reintroduce myself to you. I'm not actually Rachel. Who are you? My name is Sarah Bidorf, and I'm the chief brand officer of Boston Market. No. And you're on Undercover Boss. <gasps> I did get you. I got you saying a bunch of things about our customers.
1: Yes, I did. That are
0: really not very nice. I'm angry, and I'm heartbroken, mm. and I'm disappointed. One of our values is love to serve. Yes. And, and you don't seem like...
1: It's you. not wrong of me to hate people.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, he didn't make the cut. <laughs> you know, when we're done uh, laughing about that, you and I can be more sophisticated in our comments than that guy. But sometimes our heart is not that far away from that guy. Do we, and this going to sound very like and people say it's a church. Well, it, we are in the business of making a difference in people's lives. That's our job. That's our role. So sometimes we can find ourselves, especially those who have been around a little bit. I find myself in my situation. Sometimes I, I, can, I can be, it's, it's, it's more about us than the potential customer, if you will the pre-Christian, the pre-Christ follower. And we would never say we hate them. We would actually say we love them. But do our actions really communicate love and service for them? We would say a core value that Jesus has left us is to love God and love others. And really, if you take those two concepts, that's what the whole New Testament is about. It's about how to love God and how to love others. It doesn't get any more complex than that. And we just have to be continually moving and aligning ourselves with God and his spirit so that we're demonstrating our love for God by loving others, even those we find difficult to love. And they may not be difficult to love uh, from someone else's perspective, but on our radar, they're difficult to love. And and we need to love them. And Jesus is getting ready to come down on this church because like some of the other ones they're busy but where where is their heart where is their passion these first few words really uh, can rock me to the core when I think about it I know you inside and out inside and out Uh, most people just know us on the outside And again, most of us aren't going to be as crass as that last manager of the store. But uh, we can have some of those feelings towards others. And Jesus knows us inside out. He knows and he appreciates it to some degree when we filter our behavior. But there is a point where our behavior should actually reflect our heart. And not just be that we're on our best game and behaving the best. I used to have to ask myself, especially when the kids were young, I could I could be very loving to people outside the house, step in and help them whatever they needed, no big deal, and, and I, I really felt that. But then at home, when things would be unfolding, unraveling, uh, that same kind of whatever wasn't there. You see, I, I could turn it on and turn it off. We sometimes joke, have you ever been like having an issue in your home or with somebody else and the phone rings and it's and all of a sudden, hello, hi. You know, it's like, it's like you just threw a switch. It's like nothing else has been going on. And, and again, you know, that, that's a part of life. But, it, but it, the inside, inside goes on, to, and find little to my liking. Yikes. You're neither cold not hot and again they would have two streams of water one from i think from the northeast and then uh northwest and uh one was hot springed and they even had aqueducts uh, and all kinds of things going on but by the time it reached uh the city it was about six and a half miles i think both of them were in different directions uh the the water was not cold from the mountains and not hot from the hot springs and so they're getting all this. This is this is coming right up to their forefront of their minds. Far better to either be cold or hot. Now he's not saying here it's better to be all in and following Christ or all out. Cold or hot just wasn't effective. We would use the term it just wasn't making a difference in their in their community in their in their society. They were not cold or hot. So we have to ask ourselves, you know, yes, we give it in God's hands, but we do need to take some responsibility for how effective we are in living this thing called the Christian life and then doing it together. Uh, We want to be effective. And Jesus is saying to this church, you're not effective. You're neither cold nor hot. You're actually stale. You're stagnant. You make me want to vomit. And uh, some of us have eaten things and had that kind of response. Some of us have had things happen in our life where, where the response is we want to be sick to our stomach uh, sometimes it's something that we've done we've got involved with or something we've either seen and, and the only response is to actually be sick and so this is jesus the undercover boss our lord and savior we say if we've said yes to christ and he's saying to this church you make me sick to my stomach and again we're going to see that he doesn't write them off. They don't get fired. He gives them plenty of opportunity to grow and to change that. And the same is true for us. And that's actually a benefit. i talked about this before. It's a benefit when Christ points out things through his spirit that we need to grow in and improve in. When we celebrate communion in a few moments, we'll take a co- few quiet moments where we, Call it self-examination. We let the Spirit speak to us and say, is there anything impeding in my relationship with you, God? And is there anything in my relationships with others who also impede those relationships would also impede my relationship with you? Uh, none of us wants to be in that place. None of us wants God to uh, be sick at our presence. A lot of your translations, when they describe this, talk about it being lukewarm. And basically, a lukewarm Christian, and you can make this longer, is someone who believes in Jesus but doesn't want to follow him wholeheartedly. They purposely decide they're going to compartmentalize a part of their life. They shut it off, lock it up in a key, and that part isn't for my relationship with God. That's not going to be reflected in the way I live my life. They're not following wholeheartedly. Or it's just kind of like a low-grade fever all the time. It's not a, a passionate thing, but it's just kind of there behind the scenes. And periodically, all of us who have said yes to Christ ought to ask, where's my passion? Why do I do what I do? Why do I live the way I live? What's the motivation? Is it just because I'm in this this christian bubble called seneca community church and there's certain ways i need to behave and to behave a certain way is to be accepted and uh so i want to do that and again we've talked about you know every person has value every person has value christ died for us we're made in the image of god but uh behavior is to change and to grow and none of us have arrived so how engaged are you? And I think there are ebbs and flows. But for the most part, this church at Laodicea was so proud, self-contained. Jesus says, you make me physically sick. Not just a little tummy. I, I want to I expel my contents of my stomach. We read on. He says, you brag. I'm rich and getting richer. I've got it made. I don't need a thing. Yet you are clueless that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. All the areas that they thought they were strong in, (laughs) they were lacking in. Uh, They thought they had their act together. They didn't. They thought they were financially just over the top, but Jesus says they're poor. Uh, They thought they could help heal people's eyes with a special salve, but they were blind. They weren't seeing things. And then they thought they were on top of their game because they exported this special black wool. Yet, he says, they are naked. And uh, that is just uh, pretty scary. And some would say that the church in the Western world reflects this very strongly. Uh, We can function almost without God showing up in our daily lives Uh, most of us uh, unless we're going through a crisis every day we're not like living at the end of our rope and uh, not that again not that again that's uh, the fun place to live but when you are so self-sufficient at least in your mind in your heart uh, then you really don't need God to show up and help you through the day and we have to remind ourselves to, to to be that way instead of just holding on Uh, in isaiah we read this this is a this passage always speaks to my heart all you people who are thirsty come here is water for you to drink don't worry if you have no money in other words your money's no good here this isn't you're not gonna get this through uh money buy or come eat and drink until you are full you don't need money the milk and wine are free Why waste your money, your time, your resources, who you are uh, on something that is not real food? Another uh, paraphrase says, on junk food. Why should you work for something that does not really satisfy you? Listen closely to me, and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the food that satisfies your soul. And that wasn't the case of the church in Laodicea. They thought other things were going to satisfy their soul. And I beg to think that many of us at times find other things that, quote, unquote, satisfy our soul. And we buy from that area. We eat from that area. We eat maybe even from that trough, we might say. And it never quite satisfies us because we reflect what's going on in Laodicea. I'm not going to, let's see, I'm not going to, I'll read this one because it ties in with communion too. Um, Jesus, starting a little bit later, says, uh, I answered, sir, you know, and he said, these are those who have come out of the great tribulation. They have their robes washed and made them white in the blood of the lamb. And so that idea is that all of us need forgiveness and it only comes for Christ. And it's interesting that, uh, you know, any of us, when we have a nosebleed or anything like that, and we get it on a shirt, uh, you know, we got to get it out quick because it stains. Well, in this case, uh, the, the blood makes something white. And Jesus' forgiveness is offered to each of us. And so even the church at Laodicea needed Jesus every single day. Needed him for that a moment of forgiveness, but needed him every single day and they were self-sufficient at least they thought they were um, in Matthew 5 we have the Beatitudes which we're, many of us are familiar with and I've got them in your notes there um, and you can look at different translations but basically the blessed are we because of this is almost completely opposite than the Laodicea church so he gives the review he says who he is, says who we are, says the church. And then we see some key result areas. He, what's so wonderful is God does not give up on us. He, he pulls everything out. You can see where we're lacking. And instead of writing us off, instead of forgetting about us, he says uh, we can work on this. Here are some key result areas. First he talks about I advise you to buy gold for me. Gold made in pure fire, then you'll be rich. The idea of the refining fire of God in their life. And a lot of that refining fire comes through hard times and leaning into God, not being self-sufficient. Remember, in the history of Laodicea, their city burns to the ground and they rebuild it with no funding from Rome. They were proud to do that. And uh, we need to buy our gold, in a sense, from our relationship with Christ. Buy clothes that are white. Again, this idea that uh, our forgiveness of our sins doesn't come from our good works. It doesn't come from our behavior because none of our behaviors get to that level. It's Jesus' sacrifice, his behavior. That's why we celebrate communion, to remember that, to be mindful of that. Buy clothes that are white. Then you'll be able to cover your shameful nakedness. Uh, the idea that uh, all of us are shameful—it's hard to say—but we're all sinners. We're all disobedient, and the only—the uh, only person that can make that right is what Christ has done for us. And we read on. I tell you to buy medicine to put in your eyes, then you will be able to see. Uh, are we seeing our world clearly? Our little world, our big world. Do we look through the eyes of Jesus? Do we look? Our own eyes. Uh, again, that manager, <laughs> the way he looked at other people, he had contempt for them, no value for them. They were an inconvenience. Do people look at you and say, I think that, I think he or she considers me an inconvenience? Do you see people as Jesus sees them? goes on the people i love i call to account prod and guide and so that they live at their best up on your feet then about face run after god it's interesting the beginning of this change process repentance we've talked about that in the weeks past a uh, different way of saying that run after god about face that's basically what repentance is but it begins with god it doesn't begin with your actions you need to be energized satisfied in a relationship with christ so he leads you how to run the race that he has set for you so up on your feet no more sitting get into action run towards god which means run away from evil right from sinful kinds of things and you'll be on the right track and again jesus loves these people so much that he gives this advice Sometimes you and I, when we've had it with somebody, we, we kind of want them to stay where they are. We don't, wanna, we don't want a restored relationship with them. We're just sick of them, sick of their self-centeredness, sick of what they did. And we just want to write them off. Now, this isn't the same as enabling someone. We're not to enable somebody else, We're not to be a doormat. But a lot of us very quickly will write someone off rather than try to care for them, rather than try to... Love them. So, review the key result areas and then I think it's possible to get the Employee of the Month award. Woo-hoo! That's good news. That's the good news of Jesus. You're not stuck where you are. I'm not stuck where I am. I'm not stuck being Laodicean expressions in my life. There's good news. Employee of the Month look at me i stand at the door i knock if you hear me call and open the door i'll come right in and sit down to supper with you there's something about having a meal with somebody else it's intimate there's closeness and jesus says i'm not writing you off laodicea i'm not writing you off because you're so self-sufficient i'm standing at the door and knocking and a lot of times we hear this, uh, this verse read when it comes to coming to faith. I think it could be applied that way. But this is really to Christ followers. Sometimes you and I can let our life get so noisy, be so distracted that we don't hear the knock at the door. The other day we we're having some work done at our house and I couldn't uh, discern the hammers from the knock at the door. The guy was knocking at the door for a long time. Finally, he said, Dave. I'm like, oh, yeah, come on in. I was in my office working, and it was going on for a while because I just did not hear the knock. You and I need to have ears that hear the knock. If you've said yes to Christ, the, the good shepherd, you will know his voice from all the other voices. But you do need to turn down the volume of all those things so his voice is stronger. I've showed you pictures like this before, Jesus knocking on the door. Uh, there's no handle on the outside because the door needs to be opened from the inside. Um, then I went and tried to find a door that was open. Like they knocked on the door and G- the person inside opened it. And I could only find one picture of all the pictures out there. And I think it's more of a modern picture. And there it is, the door opened and in comes Jesus. And we have him come in, and we get, quote, unquote, the employee of the month. Uh, The word victory and overcomers can be used exchanged, can be exchanged. Overcomers will sit alongside at me at the head table. And if you say yes to Christ, you are destined to be an overcomer. That doesn't give you permission to disengage and say, hey, I've already won the race. But if you are with Christ, fallen Christ, you will be an overcomer. So answer the door will sit alongside me at the head table just as I am having overcome and have taken the place of honor at the side of my father. This is my gift to the overcomers. Everyone who hears this should listen to what the spirit says to the churches. So it starts off the review is like, ooh, 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 ooh. I can see me in the church at Laodicea. I can see me in some of the other churches. But Jesus doesn't write us off. He, he gives us the possibility of getting employee of the month award. And you may say, why did you say just employee of the month? Because I think you and I in this life can ebb and flow. There's this idea that you and I will be rewarded for our faithfulness. And you read the scriptures, especially read the Old Testament, and you see people start out good and don't end well. doesn't mean they lose their relationship with God. It's just not good at the end. And I don't know about you, but I, I, I don't want to be, if I live long, long, I don't want to become an old, grumpy old man and not finish well. I want to finish well. Saw these pictures that just symbolized, again, being close and having Christ come in. I love this one. Uh, this one, they, someone depicted of Jesus being with you, being in your life. Jesus himself said, Anyone who loves me will obey my teachings. That shows that there's a behavior change. It's not the behavior that earns, but because you are walking with God, your behavior cannot help but change. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. So you've got the employee of the month. Then you've also, I just put this idea because it's conceptual in our mind, receiving the gold watch at one time receiving the gold watch was a great accomplishment at the end of your career i think it's possible in a sense for you and i to follow christ follow christ well not perfectly but follow him well and we in a sense receive the gold watch jesus talks about this idea of being rewarded for faithfulness in matthew Twenty-five, twenty-one. The master answered, you did right. You are a good servant who can be trusted. You did well with that small amount of money, so I will let you come, I will let you care for much greater things. Come and share my happiness with me. There's this idea when we're responsible with our lives, when we live the best we can, following Christ's lead, not self-sufficient, not self- empowered, but God-empowered, that we are rewarded for that and i've mentioned this i think i mentioned this last week but i don't think i had the passage up there Uh, paul reminds us in first corinthians that uh, we may not live that way we can actually not live a faithful life still have said yes to christ and make it into eternity but we just barely make it in this is what jesus says if what has built survives the builder will receive a great reward referring to life what you what you've done with your life if it is burned up the builder will suffer loss but yet will be saved even though only as one escaping the flames and again that phrase escaping the flames means you get out of the the burning building but you can actually smell smoke on your clothes you just made it through And I don't know about you, but I don't want to just make it there. I don't want to build a life under God's leadership that doesn't survive. And again, Jesus looks at the heart. So you don't know how I'm expressing what's going on in my heart. There are times where I do the right things for absolutely the wrong reasons. Believe it or not. I'm sure you never do that. And I think sometimes those items just go poof oh no, he's the judge of that. But you and I want to live a faithful life so that we get a well done. So very quickly, um, some things to watch out. We don't want to be lukewarm Christ followers, and these things can often be a part of I'm just going to read through these really quickly. The uh, first one is crave acceptance by people more than God. That means you have to know God. Know him well. And then follow his lead. Uh, doesn't mean you stand up and are obstinate and not kind and a jerk. But uh, you and I need to crave acceptance. Uh, not by people more than God. And that that can happen. Uh, I know that was a big hard thing when I started following. I uh, started being a pastor. As I had this tension between pleasing people and pleasing God. And sometimes I would shirk back and. And be a little mousy because I was more concerned about pleasing people than pleasing God. I still have to be careful of that today. Uh, Rarely share their faith. Rarely share their faith. Rationalize their sin. It's not as bad as that other person. You know how to do that. I just am pointing this out. When you and I are lukewarm Christ followers... These are some of the things that often show up in our life. Think more about life on earth than eternal life. And, uh, you know, we, could, we can, you know, be so focused on this chapter of life or not thinking about future. When we celebrate communion, that's one reason we look for, we look to the day when Christ sets everything right. And then we say, Am I living for that day as I live in this world? only turn to God when they need something. That's the reality, you know. Uh, sometimes it's, it's when we need something, all of a sudden he has our attention. And uh, I would like to live more, more of my life not only when I need something, also understanding that I do need something, but not just trying to all of a sudden, wait a minute, I, I, life is falling apart in this area, all of life falling, now God, you've got my attention. Maybe he should have had my attention before all that happened uh give only when it's convenient our time our finances give out of our leftovers Uh, we talk about being good stewards with not only our finances but also our time we just look at it and say what's left over because i don't know about you but especially with my finances and now my time there's nothing left over so if there's nothing left over there's nothing left over and I think there's a way to steward our lives so we don't, we give only when it's convenient. And then lastly, are not much different than their neighbors. Do you and I live differently? Not in a weird way, differently than our neighbors. Uh, a lot of us don't use checkbooks anymore that much, but if you could compare your checkbook to your neighbor's checkbook. And let's forget about the offerings and all that, but once all that's done, would the way you spend your money be almost exactly the same after you've given your gift? Does it look exactly the same or does it look different? Exactly the way you spend your time, what your values are, uh, you know, what's important to you. Does it look like the people around you are, can be very good people, but they are not Christ followers? When we're talking about this thing, I'd be uh, practicing spiritual uh, malpractice not to say this, even though it's going to make us more comfortable. What a heartbreak it would be to live an almost Christian life, then almost get into heaven or receive an almost well done. When we talk about being lukewarm, we do need to ask ourselves, have we really said yes to Christ? Is he really the Lord and Savior of my life? You can go through all the exterior things and not be there. Or what a, what a sad thing to make it there, but make it there again almost by the skin of our teeth with our garments still sm- smelling like smoke. Looking in, looking into our heart, either puts... light out or moves us out moves us out beyond ourselves looking into our heart letting christ look in our heart is either going to put the candle out or it moves us out to be faith in action in a world that desperately needs christ followers revelation 2 5 earlier on talking about some other churches and applies to all of them change your hearts and do what you did at first if you don't change, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. And when it came to the church of Laodicea, that's exactly what happened. And what's, what the cost of that is that light went out in that city in Turkey today. There's no Christian witness, they say. Looking in puts it out, or moves us out. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, this is a hard message. These are hard things to think about. And uh, it's, it's not fun. But Father, I, I just ask you to help us to just take inventory of our lives under your leading. And if there's anyone here who's never said yes to you, we ask that in uh, these moments they would uh, turn their hearts to you. They would surrender their life as we sung about earlier and, and welcome you into the life and, and have you be at home in their life. And then for those of us who have already said yes to you, I ask that we would take inventory of our life regularly, that we would not be a people of conversion, but would be a people that are converting, that we would be growing and changing from the inside out. Uh, we thank you for, in a sense, the wake-up call a church like Laodicea can be for us. We ask all of this in Jesus' wonderful name.